0: Hey listen up Yeah we here
1: and we locked in Let's keep it going all the way to the top 10 We feel the turtle so it's no other option
0: Fred and Ryan just watch them Let's take it to the map. It's the shell and tell They come with all the facts It's the shell and tell Let's take it to the map. It's the shell and tell They come with all the facts It's a shell and tell What's up, Turf fans? Fred and Ryan back for another episode of the Shell and Tell podcast. It's Thursday, April 1st.
1: April Fool's Day, Ryan. Yeah, it's April Fool's Day. We got big announcements here. People are going to think we're lying, but they'll realize this is for real. This is a big-time partnership we're about to announce. Yeah, some big changes with the show, some things we're super excited about. We've grown
0: by one. Uh, so we're going to introduce you to the newest member of the Shell and Tell family, a name that most
1: of you will probably be pretty darn familiar with. Yeah, if you're a part of the Shell and Tell family, you're a pretty big uh, Maryland Terrapins fan, so you're going to know this name, boss. For sure. So we're going to take a look
0: at the end of the basketball season. What went right? What went wrong? Uh, we'll look at some potential roster changes. Who may stay? Who may go? Speaking of that, the whole Mark Turgeon situation. Does he stay? Does he go? Uh, with the football squad spring football is underway so we're gonna take a look at a possible spring
1: game with fans maybe yeah we're pretty excited about the spring game with fans we, we you know we didn't take for granted we're gonna get to see that so when we were down there picking up our cardboard cutouts we also played a little fake paparazzi and walked past that that practice that happened to be there yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> well like we said if you're listening to shell and tell you're a big terps fan so you're gonna know our new partner on the Shell and Tells name, Mr. Ahmed Gafir of Black and Gold. Ahmed, appreciate you taking the time to join us, man. We're excited about this
0: partnership, dude. Uh,
2: I'm very excited as well. That's uh, def- definitely been something that I've, I've been wanting to do for, for quite some time now, so I'm excited that we are all connecting. It's going to be uh, going to be going to be some great shows. Right.
0: Well, like Ryan said, I mean, everybody that's connected to the program knows probably who you are, familiar with uh, some of your history and all, but... Tell a little bit, of, you know, everybody a, a little bit about yourself. What Inside Black and Gold is all about, um, and kind of what your platform is used for.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm a, a double terp. I graduated from Maryland undergrad. I'm a couple months out from finishing up my MBA for uh, it's from Smith right now. Uh, I grew up near Maryland, uh, twenty minutes away, thirty minutes away from campus. Uh, previously worked with uh, at 24 uh, Seven Sports and uh, Sports Illustrated a bit, and now. I'm, I uh, have my own uh, site on uh, Inside the Black and Gold over at uh, com And uh, pretty much, you know, Inside the Black and Gold is really just for, you know, dedicated Maryland fans whenever they want their news, when they want the latest rumblings, you get to go to the site, you get to engage in healthy conversation with other maryland fans and you just get to you know talk talk maryland sports in a uh, in a healthy environment so um you know i've been doing this for a couple months now and like you said people there there are some that that may know me from uh you know past work and things like that so right. just wanted to continue to be able to um you know deliver the news and uh, embrace embrace the mike loxia era
0: well ryan and i have been big fans of yours for for a long time now and uh both of us were super excited when you did kind of venture off and start your own thing both of us are subscribers
1: uh have been since day one so, yeah, so we're uh, gonna need that that money back sir <laughs> now that we're partners like now, hey, now that we're partners we gotta work that out <laughs> <laughs> right. what what made you want to venture back into the podcasting world because i know you've had a couple stints in it in the past
2: yeah you know I, I had done it in the past i think the biggest the hardest thing just for me is that uh you know, uh, just just really getting the you know the 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 consistent discussion, I guess, with the podcast, and right. I always like you know uh, just delivering the different types of content and things like that. And podcasts, you know, it's a great way for for fans to be able to get the news in a different, more engaged kind of atmosphere. And you get to bring in guests and whatnot. And I think Shell and Tell you guys have been doing a great job of just delivering really good quality shows. And uh, I feel that you know the the three of us can deliver some some really uh, captivating shows with great intel great discussion and you know pod, pod podcasts are, are definitely something that uh the way to go and, and you guys you know make, make it possible
1: oh right, well I thank thank you for saying that i mean you Appreciate bring it. and fill in a lot of the holes that we have so we we've you know been putting out a pretty decent product i think we got the quality from control, a fan's perspective <laughs> from the fans perspective right. but what we've always said and we've always been honest we're neither one of us are Maryland students. You know, right. I've been, I've been going to Maryland since I was 11 years old, but I'm, I didn't yeah. get to go to school there. I'm a registered nurse. There's nursing schools in Baltimore city. I didn't feel like going to, to Baltimore city to try to be a terp. I wanted to be on college park. If I was going to do it. So, um, you bring that student side and then, you know, we've, we tried to dabble in the interconnection world, especially got a little shot in the arm when we went on traveling that we got some more inside connections, but obviously yeah. somebody that's been doing it as long as you have and, and, it's like your main gig right now is way yeah. more connected than we could imagine being for a long time.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, um, you know, I, I, it was really something that I built. Uh, I didn't, I didn't play uh, football in high school. I, you know, it was, just really something that I kind of woke up one day and I said, you know what, I think, I think I can offer a good perspective. And really one thing led to another uh, when I really got first into the recruiting and started to build those sources. Um, you know, it never felt like work. So you just continued to, uh, and just enjoy enjoy the enjoy the grind and and keep on going. So, like we said, it's it's going to be a good show and and a consistent product. That's we'll, awesome.
1: we'll wrap up with this. Just because that just came to me. I mean, I, I think that you're uh you're now responsible for our first and second most exciting moment in shell and tell <laughs> for us because the first was when you were working for Sports Illustrated. And you quoted our Ellis McKinney story, yeah. uh, really <laughs> and I was great. like, "Oh my God, we're in Sports Illustrated, Fred. <laughs> where, we made it."
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was I was a good interview. I remember I watched because uh, I remember you guys did the interview, and then you guys connected, uh, reconnected with Ellis, and he did a little little blurb. I remember watching that. I watched it actually multiple times. So uh, that was a, that was a really good uh, piece with you guys. So Appreciate that, it, that man. Really happy to to push that out. Appreciate well, it.
1: Well, the fans don't want to hear about us just getting chummy all day. What they want to hear is about <laughs> basketball. Basketball and football. So where are we starting, Fred?
0: Yeah, man, let's let's jump right into the nuts and bolts of this thing. So obviously the, the men's hoop squad didn't end how we, I guess, we had hoped, right? You know, they finished up the season with one win in both the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournament. But let's be fair, right? They ran into a red hot Alabama team that was shooting the lights out of the gym. I'm pretty sure they would have beat anybody that night. Uh, I mean, what is your overtake on this men's hoop squad as a whole this year? Do you feel like they lived up to expectations? Do you feel like they overperformed? What's your kind of take on this team as a whole?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, for me, I kind of, when, when kind of going into the season, you know, you, walk, you looked at the roster and you definitely had questions about, you know, who could be that guy that be, be the go-to guy? Um, how, how do you retool the offense? Uh, I remember watching the Clemson game and uh, that was – Really concerning, right? Um, to me, I think it was. I think this team, you know, I I personally agree that Coach Sturgeon, uh, when he said this team maximizes its potential, that's Agreed. that's really my belief. I personally, it was a true joy watching the team's development, see how they were able to retool, revamp figure it out essentially. Um, And really just that midway through the conference play and, you know, pulling off the Wisconsin win, pulling off the Illinois win, obviously, you know, the letdowns against Penn State and Northwestern were certainly deflating. But uh, in my opinion, um, this, this was a team that I really had questions if they were going to make the NCAA tournament, then they got themselves squarely on the right side of the bubble. Um, You know, I, 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 I think this team was, you know this. This was their ceiling, and I agree with you guys. That Alabama night. I don't know if there was a, a team in the country that was going to stop. I mean, that was. They, some of, I mean, some of the threes. You know, obviously some were not contested. Um, right. But some of the, some of them. I mean, they're they're pulling up in transition, three four feet beyond the three point line, pulling up, and you know those are some that you just have to accept. But when you're shooting fifty percent and you're doing that, um, you know that that was you know. You'd, the, yeah. the better
1: team won 50% uh, from three on 33 attempts and a hundred percent from the free throw line. Yeah. What you, yeah. What are you going to do? Like they, they would have
0: beacon they, Zaga that it, night. It's not like they shot five for 10. I mean, they shot 33 attempts in this game and still
1: shoot, you know, 50%. That's unheard of. And they, and then they fell back to earth the next week. They didn't do anything yeah. like that. That was just a, yeah. a hot night for that team.
2: Yeah. The, those threes rent, rent, rent free in my head for a couple days. So <laughs> right. uh, it was uh yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, you know, I guess, Every night can be different, but that was just definitely not Maryland's night.
0: Yeah. And you know what is kind of funny about this this tournament overall. You know, everybody hyped up the Big Ten this year. And I think a lot of the reason that Maryland got into the tournament was because of how strong everybody talked about the Big Ten being. Well, here we are, Final Four, no Big Ten tournament teams.
2: Which- yeah. It, it you know I think it's a little bit surprising and I do kind of wonder if it's just really the style of play but um you know that that Michigan game I mean they just completely folded at the yeah. end against UCLA uh, I mean Ohio State just getting upset first round Iowa you know I, I I personally I wonder if it really is just that wear and tear the grind the the the, the, the style of play like I said in the Big Ten and does it really translate I mean it's you know it's this isn't an isolated year performance out of the big out of the big 10. This is uh, it's kind of been like this for a couple of years now. I mean, Mich- I think Michigan State you know, two years ago went to the final four, lost that first game, but um, yeah, I mean, the, the it, it is a little bit alarming. Yeah, sure.
1: we, we we talk all the time about how the big men in the big 10, you know, 10 years ago would have been first round draft picks in the NBA, they wouldn't have came back. Cockburn wouldn't have been back. Uh, coburn uh, maybe, correct pronunciation maybe you want to, to us to call him coburn but as long <laughs> as shell and tells around his name is cockburn because that's what it, it how is. do you pronounce c-o-c-k <laughs> <laughs> um and garza i mean come on that's a top draft pick 10 years ago but the nba doesn't play that way and really the rest of the ncaa doesn't play that way the big 10s like that old school 1990s basketball inside out basketball
2: yeah, uh, I, I agree, um, and just I think the, the the kind of the flow, I guess that they, they kind of run with in the Big Ten, where you know you're feeding the big men. I mean, you look at Hunter Dickinson. I, th- I would say Michigan maybe might be a little bit more of an outlier because they have guys like Franz Wagner and their uh, Wagner and things like that. But yeah, you know, it's just the, I th- I think that style of play, um, and and you know, a lot of the teams in the Big Ten aren't as fast. So when you kind of run into that um, that that kind of matchup in the tournament, you know it's gonna it's gonna end up stinging you especially if it's that game where it's kind of a uh, you know toss up um you know the, the pace will really be play the biggest difference right
0: for sure all right well let's let's jump ahead because fans have already moved on everybody's already talking about next year who's coming back who's coming in who's staying who's going so <clears throat> first let's let's look at this roster and we're going to start kind of right at the top of things right eric ayala still has some eligibility left. Uh, There have been some rumors that he's said to be testing his NBA draft stock. I think all of us are pretty much in agreement with Eric Ayala that he's coming back. His NBA potential just isn't there. Am I right?
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I For me, and I think, you know, a good example to kind of think about like an Ayala or a Wiggins or even maybe Dante Scott if it happens, but I don't remember Gravis Vasquez. I think every single year uh, he was uh, declaring, trying to get that draft, his draft grade. Um, And by the end of his senior year, that actually ended up paying off into a first round pick. Um, I personally believe that, you know, if you have the ability, if you have NBA aspirations and you you have a guy like Ayala who... I don't know why Maryland fans were so critical of him, but not he, this guy.
1: He, I've been to Eric Ayala truther. He is a truther.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just to me, I, I really appreciate his game and I, I think he's just not that true point guard, but he still has the, the his pros his different pros and cons. You just have to kind of, you know, stop thinking traditionally sometimes, but yeah, I personally believe that all of those guys, you get the draft feedback, reassess. If you're happy with it, stay. if not you come back, but the expectation I, I from what I've, Uh, when i've asked around what i've heard is that none of them are going to sign an agent or sign with an agent um so you you give that, so you give yourself that flexibility so it makes sense well you
0: you mentioned aaron you mentioned aaron wiggins and i think out of all of them he probably has the best pro potential uh i still don't think he's getting a whole lot of love from scouts from what we've heard online and whatnot uh chances are he's probably coming back as well you think
2: yeah i i again i agree i mean unless it's um Unless he really wants to to, to begin his professional uh, career, I mean, you know, you look at a guy like Robert Carter. He declared, and you know, were, was was he at the time? Was he on the NBA draft boards? No, but right. you know, some some guys just recognize that you can still make money elsewhere. So my m- my thinking and my approach going into these decisions is that they will come back, um, but we'll 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 see what happens know. I, I, I personally i personally think that they'll come back though
0: we know we've seen quite a few terps go overseas play ball over there and do pretty well including deswell who's been shooting the lights out of the gym in china these last couple of nights scored like 105 points or something like that in two games
1: yeah, yeah well, Deswell's is the proof that you can also <laughs> play four years in college and then still make a ton of money in your career overseas so that's you know the nba it's hard to get a senior player drafted at, in any position of need so that would work out pretty well the yeah. one that I'm interested in most is Daryl Morcel, who obviously is, you know, a little injured right now. He's got, I guess, a torn labrum in that shoulder. We saw him popping it in and out on yeah. TV all year long. Tough as yeah. nails, that kid. So he's basically said that he's going to have the surgery, wait a couple of weeks and then make his decision. Where are we leaning on that one? Because that's the most the biggest question in my head.
2: Yeah, I think it's it's got like, like you guys said, it's kinda of, kinda of still up in the air right now. I personally um just I tried asking around a little bit as I was, you know, kinda of dug into the basketball side. I'm not sure if I do see him coming back, but it doesn't sound like there's really been anything that's hundred percent set in stone. So um you'll kinda of see how it see how it shakes out in the next couple of weeks. But uh if I'm not mistaken, I think if he does come back it, it will not count toward a scholarship for next year um so we we'll, we'll see what happens well that's good to know and that means
1: there's a, less of a timetable on that as well because he wouldn't affect the recruiting on the open scholarships i i tend to think that the injury could negatively affect his pro possibilities anywhere like you know even overseas because they, they haven't seen him play after the surgery so maybe that gives us a little bit more edge coming back but he very well could i mean he's the d- defensive player Player of the Year in the Big Ten. That's going to get him signed somewhere for some money.
2: Yeah, I I, I kind of think that um, you know with Marcel and I think when I, I kind of think about Marcel and how he's evolved from freshman year to senior year, I think the first thing I remember from freshman year is how many times he would go down in a fast break and still draw an offensive foul. When you kind of look at it in senior year, you, you definitely see that he grew with his maturity and decision making, and his mid range got really consistent, really yep. dependable by senior year, especially in conference play. I mean that was. Uh, in my mind, that was something that was uh, did not go unnoticed. But I think with Marcel, you definitely know what kind of player you're getting. You're getting that guy that's just going to be that emotional leader. He's going to give 110% on the defensive side. And I think, I can't remember where I saw it. I think it was uh, Hear the Turtle, the official uh, podcast. But he said the, the thing that he loves the most about the defense is when he starts hearing the, the other teams start yelling at each other, start complaining. And he had a big old grin on his face. And, you know, again, it's just he just owns that defensive mantra and uh yeah I, I love it so i think personally yeah i i agree you know he, he definitely can come back and that you know that concern what does he look like is he the same yeah i could see that but yeah. um i also think that he's someone where you kind of know what kind of play you're getting with him
1: yeah I, I just feel so bad for a local kid like that he he stayed home represented his city did everything he could ended up being yep. the focal point of the team at the right time as a senior and yet no fans in the stands to show the appreciation. Like, yeah. and I hope miss, he understands how much everyone appreciates. And miss him. out on a chance on their most successful year—the
0: year prior. You know, not having the tournament, yeah. so you'd hate to see it. Like end you this said, way. you've
1: heard negative comments from fans about Eric Ayala. You've heard the negative fans from com- uh, from fans about Aaron Wiggins. I really haven't heard anything negative on Daryl Morcel. What is there an- negative to say? Yeah, because even if he has an off night scoring, you know, three to five points, he's still shut down somebody for you. He's still exactly. played his butt off. And the only time that we didn't see that was when he wasn't assigned to an individual player. That's.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And and I think, I think a lot of people still remember that Minnesota buzzer beater from last season. Right. Yep. Exactly. All
0: right. So let's switch over to some of the more unknown guys. Some of the guys that maybe didn't see the floor as much this year. Uh, As we did here today, Chol Mariel, uh, the South Sudan disappointment uh, officially announced he has entered the transfer portal Uh, where do you see this kid ending up? It it just seemed to me like the big 10 was just too fast for him. He didn't pick up on the game and, uh, you know, I wish him nothing but the best. It just didn't work out here in Maryland.
2: Yeah. uh, that's that, that's kind of what it is. And I think it was just, it just didn't, it didn't all kind of come together. And I think it was kind of just an agreement on, on all ends. So, um, I don't know of of a specific school, but you know, Go down a level and try to just again for someone like him uh when you're just able to get out there you're able to just play and 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 get that experience that's really the biggest thing for him so um i don't know if I really see it at the power five level I think he he really and I also will say that you know him some especially someone like him losing this whole off season that we did kind of going into the season that's really, really i mean we we forget that the, that there was weeks where maryland was not even practicing right they couldn't practice they couldn't all meet, and you're doing everything virtually and at the end of the day you, you see something it especially in sport you ha- you just have to do you have to play it out a little bit more so um you know again trying to transfer down a level and i think he'll get a chance to make a bigger impact there. Um, somewhere where he's able to get more playing time. So uh I think all all Maryland fans kind of recognize the the why as to what, what's going into this. So uh, yeah, thank but- you guys. Best of luck. His yeah.
1: his hype outlived it and and it wasn't really fair to him anyway. By the time he got here, he was a three star recruit, but people just held on to like the fact that he was a five star as his sophomore year before the injuries, and if we get him healthy with the injuries, he's gonna be just right back to a five star. No, he missed all those years of development. Even though we got his legs healthy, that you know, that went away. He didn't yeah. get to play his junior and senior year full seasons, and now he missed an off season due to COVID. This guy's ran into more obstacles than anybody out there. So I, it really was like a slow. You just didn't have enough experience.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that's, uh, that's kind of like the, the, the drawback on the star system. It just sometimes you don't always get that kind of context as to why someone dropped, and you know they only see five star number one player in the country when he was a sophomore and dropped and things like that. So, um, you know, so it is, it, it is what it is at the end of the day. He's, uh, at his seven two. I feel like if you, if you had a seven seven two center in high school and he was a twenty twenty one. I bet you there'd be a lot of Maryland fans that'd be saying we
0: should get them. That's yeah. 100% true. 100% true. So, uh, we also had the feel good story that we heard the other day with Reese Mona. Uh, obviously, he's moving on to the next step in his career. I think he got a job with, was it Merrill Lynch that he got the it's job with? Day, right? Yeah, some big so. time financial yeah, company. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Good for him. Um, and then, I guess, the one wild card out there that you could still potentially see come back as a depth piece you know he contributed a little bit here and there galen smith have you heard anything about him is he potentially going to come back with this extra year of eligibility
2: i don't i don't believe that there's uh much of an expectation that he'll be back okay so we'll see we'll see if something changes but um I'm, i'm not operating with him uh returning
0: okay fair enough um And I guess the other hole, you know, you got some of these young guards that they brought in this past year, and uh, Aquan Smart and Marcus Dockery saw them get a little bit of playing time like early on, uh, you know, early on in the season, uh, but didn't see the floor much, especially later on in the year. What's the feeling around campus with them? I mean, are, are they happy? Are they, you know, do they see the bigger picture? Are they in for the long haul? Or do you think these guys may end up transferring out?
2: Yeah. I mean, we, we definitely could see some attrition here, uh, but I, I definitely want to say like the, the one, one aspect that kind of gets overlooked is, you know, like the, just first year on campus, especially again, especially in a year like this, um, you know, every freshman at some point or another goes to the freshman blues. Everyone's always wondering at everyone has that moment where they're at their lowest and they yeah. always, you know, they want out. I mean, it happens across sports. Uh, no matter how, Locked in a guy was at one point, or if it was last minute. I mean, we saw it with that, Lance it, LeJean
0: it, in the football squad.
2: Yep, yep. I mean, it, it it happened. I can give you countless stories about trainers that had moved out of the area to go down and stay with another kid. I mean, so that, you know, so that stuff happens. So, um but I I, I do think that there's this, there's a possibility that we see some uh some some attrition there
0: on
1: both potentially.
2: uh we'll see. We'll okay. see. Maybe, maybe just one. Maybe okay. just one. So we'll see
1: all right well we got the incoming class let's look forward to that so james graham third not really incoming he kind of was sort of there was the a minutes. Yeah. just kind of got in with the training staff Like he took advantage of the fact that his basketball team was not playing in high school so why not find somewhere to play basketball so he came came on in again doesn't cost me your eligibility hopefully he's a big timer and it doesn't matter anyway but uh what do you see with james james graham's uh, possibility for next year
2: yeah, I mean, I I, I really think that I, I didn't really understand when fans were like, I want to see more James Graham. Why didn't James Graham play? And I'm like, there's eight minutes up in the second half. This kid's 17 and he's been on campus for two months. You, <laughs> you think you're just going to throw him in against Luca Garza? Right. We're just going to run the table, 7 out run Maryland? No, no. <laughs> uh, right. But I really like him. I think he's got a good good shooting stroke, uh, and I think that you kind of see see a little. I mean, we obviously we only got a chance to see a little bit, but you know, again, the move really made sense uh like you guys said it, it was a perfect opportunity perfect storm for him to get on campus getting the strength stuff coach sturgeon was pretty transparent throughout the the season i can't remember what specific points but you know he had mentioned that you know james graham was getting two workouts a day whether it was one was shooting one on the court or one in the weight room things like that so um that those extra six months uh yeah six months or so uh where he's on campus where he's getting getting acclimated already now he's six months ahead of where the freshman will be next year and next summer obviously the freshman will come in and they'll they'll have the full normal off season so James Graham will be ahead of them and he'll kind of be in that same class with you know Ike Cornish and Julian Reese where you know they've already all had that bond and James Graham says hey uh, I know a little bit I'll take you guys under my wing and you know we'll keep going so I think I definitely see him being more part of a big more excuse me bigger part of the rotation next year uh, where he's able to, you know, make his impact felt. I don't know if he'll start. We'll see kind of how everything shakes out. Um, So yeah, I, I, again, like you guys said, it it was just smart for him to, to get in and uh, both sides. Definitely benefited
0: for sure. And one of the guys you mentioned quickly that uh, I'm, kind of excited about and I think we all were aware that this team lacked a lot of size this year, right? And and you mentioned Julian Reese, this kid, a local kid out of St. Francis, six nine, two hundred and thirty pound. Uh probably play power forward, could play the five if need be. What's the latest you're hearing on him? I mean, is he excited to be part of this program? Is he sticking around? He's not a, a threat to leave.
2: Uh yeah. No, he'll uh um yeah, no, I, I think I think he'll he'll be he'll be around still so um I think think they'll uh yeah, I think it'll be a good spot.
0: Good, good. And Ike Cornish, same thing. Six six, hundred eighty five pounds, small forward out of South Carolina. Everything good you're hearing from him as well.
2: Yeah, I, I, no, no concern. I actually got a chance to see uh, uh, Julian Reese what, probably about a month ago or so. At this point, um, you know the length is obvious when he's when he's playing. Just does a really good job of um, you know coming down with boards. I'd say I think offensively, he's still got work around. Uh, just, just. With post moves around the rim and things like that, and obviously, I think the first thing when he gets on campus is getting the strength and conditioning, probably multiple workouts a day, and and just kind of build 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 his body a little bit more. But uh, while while I'm talking about him, I know we're talking about basketball and whatnot, but I gotta say that I know Julian Reese is a senior, but St. Francis has that uh, big man's Derek Queen, who's a freshman, yeah, and that kid is gonna end up being top ten in the country. I mean, he's really fantastic. Like wow, it's it was I literally I came up to introduce myself and I just had to tell him how amazing he was. It was really jaw dropping watching him.
0: I haven't so, heard of him. I hadn't seen or done any research on What does he play?
2: Yeah, he's a, here. Let's pull. He's uh he he was I mean he's six eight as a freshman. Holy so cow, probably, But yeah, I mean the kid has pretty good ball handles. I mean, he was taking it up a couple of times here and there, but uh, yeah, he he can shoot it around the rim. Uh, obviously, he can dunk it, but yeah, he, he has a pretty good shot. Well, Turgeon, uh, let's
1: get on top of this. I don't want another Dickinson saying we didn't recruit somebody. Yeah, right.
2: <laughs>
1: Need to keep that pipeline going with St. Francis, man. That is a uh, heck of a school yeah. to have a connection with for sure.
2: Yeah, it was a genuine joy to watch him play.
1: That's awesome. That's amazing. So I guess, you know, we're talking about this. Is there anybody else in the uh, basketball recruiting world that you want to drop some hints at, or we still got uh, got to pay for that one? <laughs> yeah, who's out there in the transfer <laughs> portal that might be coming this way?
2: Uh, well, I, so I think I think the biggest thing is uh, we just got to figure out the the situation. And we're obviously with our urgency, and I posted an update uh, uh, earlier today, just kind of about what where where I believed it was leaning, and I gave some transfer portal targets. But um, you know, Chris likes obviously. Uh, I mentioned uh, Portland guard Ahmed Ali. Uh, Give some insight on him, uh, nice. and then we got we got some some big man Georgetown center uh, Qudus Wahab, and uh, Florida. Or, excuse me, uh, Pittsburgh center Kareem Koulibaly, Um and then yeah, a couple other guys. You know, U- Udi guard Malik Curry, Furman forward Noah Gurley. So um, you know, so so we'll see. Obviously, Noah Lock, uh, Chris Likes, things like that. So we'll so we'll see. I think I think in the next definitely next week or two, there's some guys that want to decide. ASAP and then there are some guys that are telling me that they, they kind of want to take their time with the process see how everything shakes out see um, just, just because there are so many names going into the portal right now right. they want to see you know the, a lot of these guys are in the portal the older guys want to make sure that they uh, you know they're going into a spot where they can play it's an impact role so um, so so we'll see but I'll, I'll be on top of it and uh, check out check out the site
0: I was going to say give them the site one more time so that way people can know where to go
2: yeah you make sure you go to AhmedGafir.substack.com Perfect. Perfect.
0: All right. So we gotta hit on this Mark Turgeon situation, right? Uh I know we Ryan and I have been talking about this. It ends really for the last month or two. Um, there were some rumors floating around, I guess, today that Turge is talking to uh, Damon Emmons about a potential extension. Is that something that you're hearing? Is there any validity to that?
2: Um, I think uh I'm not I don't have specifics as to whether or not they have met or not, but okay. um, I, I think think we we should see a resolution sooner rather than later from, again, from what I've – just from speaking around with people, um, I think there are people that understand that there's some urgency, uh, mm. that a decision one way or another needs to come ASAP because there are other programs that are moving and, and you know, Maryland still has to figure out who, who the head coach is. Um, so I think um, – I don't I don't see detergent situation dragging on very long uh, maybe in the next couple of days in my mind I'm thinking maybe Monday maybe Tuesday but okay you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens
0: well so we did end up losing out on the potential uh, commitment from a point guard in North Carolina and Bobby Pettiford do you think the uncertainty with Turgeon's situation affected that in any kind of way or he was going to
2: Kansas regardless. I mean, um, obviously a lot of people know me on like the football side. So like, I've been asking around, like from basketball, obviously this, this last year since I've been on my own, just, you know, building basketball side of things. And, you know, these last couple of weeks when I was asking people, you know, guardians or prospects themselves, just kind of, you know, where their head at what head was at with Maryland. Um, yeah, I mean, everyone was really saying we're, we don't really know what, uh, what's going on with Turgeon. We don't know if he's going to stay. We, we don't know if he's going to go. Um, some people told me that, you know, Mer- Maryland, um, is attractive. They just got to figure out if Turgeon's going to be here or not. So right. yeah, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind. Uh, I I can't say explicitly that is why, but I can say that um, that has been a concern that I've heard repeatedly. Um, just you know, we we you know who wants to commit yeah. to a school that you don't know if even in two weeks, three weeks, if if that's going to be the head coach. So, um, yeah, where yeah, they got
1: to they gotta wrap this up eventually, man. Yeah. I mean, if, if I don't understand what you what's the the hold up is i get that we don't have the money to fire him that's where i i think that's that's what it is you want to fire him you don't have the money to fire him well then that's the reality we're not printing money at the university of maryland right now so find a way to extend this guy without without him losing any money and then take the the guaranteed money later away so that you could eliminate and i get that turgeon's not just going to sign his death warrant but if you put enough spread out money and lower it you know, year by year, how much it's going to hurt us. I don't see how this couldn't get done. So I, I, I don't know. Obviously, yeah. I'm not anybody, but there's got to be some way to make this work for both.
2: Yeah, I personally believe that uh, I don't, th- I don't think it's justified to fire him, especially after this year. If right. If, if Maryland man's biggest criticism was that he's not a good coach, I mean, he literally had his best coaching job this year. Agreed. Like We're going to let him go now. Right. Uh, makes no sense. Um, and it's been pretty clear that this administration has little to no plan uh if they were going to part with turgeon it's, it really sounds like they were debating if they wanted turgeon and it sounds like you know if you you make that decision you don't move on and uh yeah, they were mattered. just hoping uh, somebody else
1: made the decision for him that he was just gonna walk <laughs> that was, yep. i hope somebody else figures this out
0: i mean who who is beating down the door to take this job that's going to be any better of a replacement that the university can actually afford one uh, I mean, I know you have some internal options in Bino. A lot of people have been talking about him. That might be the most seamless transition if, God forbid, something did happen with Turgeon. Uh, but to your point, man, I just think that this was probably his single best year as a coach. Um, even through X's and O's, I think he improved because that's always been, like, the big thing with criticism with him is, has been his X's and O's. I think he got better with that this year. Uh, I just don't think now's the time.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I- – i was awfully upset after that penn state game i think it was the one lapse he had this year i did not see good things there but i've been a Turge supporter for the most part um we did the ryan's rants on turgeon to decide that the best idea is to extend him so that we can get this you know shiny new basketball center that they're promising him and see what he can do on an even competition field because right now he's been playing from behind the eight ball we don't have all the you know shiny new toys that these programs are dangling out there so get him that see what he can do with that before you make a big decision so a small extension makes sense to me
2: yeah uh, again I, I agree um and and again i just I, I i couldn't really come across a uh justification other than hearing people say maryland fans maryland basketball deserves better and I told people, I think I posted on one of these Facebook sites when I saw someone just ranting and I was like, listen, uh, my first year watching Marion basketball was 2001. We lost in the final four, 20, 2002 when that championship, 2003, went back to sweet 16. And then we went 13 years. You started spoiled. <laughs> and people are like, turgeon has been to one sweet, one sweet 16. In, in the last 10 years. And I'm like, well, I've only seen three or four of them. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, uh, I think, uh, I, I, I mentioned that, um, I think if, if Turgeon were to go and then, you know, if the coaching search goes sideways, that would be the biggest red flag. So, uh, I, I, again, I, I think, uh, a small extension makes sense. So, and it gives him, you know, that last chance, you know, it kind of puts that pressure on him to say, yeah. Hey, that's kind of where you stand. So two, two more years, if, if it's not working out, got move, move, move along and, you know, see where it goes. Yeah. yeah. Well,
1: like you said, you know, basketball, we're growing in, we're getting connected, but the reason that we got to know your name is on the football side, which is why I appreciate you so much, because Maryland football is my first love. Even yeah. though Maryland football is the redhead stepchild over there, that's what I've been a season ticket horse since I was 11, been at all the football games. So that's that's where I get connected to the school. So we can't go without talking talking your wheelhouse with football. What do, what do you think we got going on here?
2: I think it's going to be really good. And I I, I want to start by saying that, a lot of people want to look at players. They want to look at depth chart. But when you think about when you – like a program, a team, you got to think about what – like the, the intricacies and the the, the the everyone working together, meshing, making sure that the culture is there. And everything that I've heard is the energy has been there. The guys are really enthusiastic to get out there. And I think there's obviously that just inherent appreciation for being out there, for having spring ball, and just seeing um, – Seeing practices, seeing games taken away last fall, I think really added to that. But, um, you know, I, 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 again, with the freshmen coming in, I've heard really good things about their work ethic. They're working really hard to get the playbook down, and they're working with each other to make sure they get the playbook down. Um, you know, I know that you know, well, I got a little bit more inexperienced linebacker, but uh, there's a lot of optimism on what Ruben Hippolyte and Final Gauté bring. But, um, you know, spring ball isn't really focused on, you know, who's standing out and depth chart and too deep, all that stuff. It's really – Right now, they're all about, you know, play installation and concept. And I think Loxley said, you know, we, we're not working about, we're not, with the wide receivers, we're not saying, hey, you're an X receiver, you're a Y, you're a Z. They're saying, in this concept, in this play, you are the X, you're the Y, you're the Z. Um, so when he kind of gave gave that example, it kind of, I remember that, that one clip of, uh, well, I believe it was Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs when they were at Alabama. Yeah. They ran on the field and they played rock, paper, scissors to see what <laughs> route they were going to run. That was, that was literally what went through my head when Loxy was saying, you're you're not an X, you're not a Y, trying to do concepts and whatnot. But, um, yeah, again, the, the, the energy is there. They're doing a good job, and and um, you know, I'm hearing really good things on the office side of the ball.
0: That's awesome. I did want to get a little bit of your take on Loxley. You know, obviously, over the last two years, we've seen the the transition from the Durkin guys transferring out or graduating out, and that kind of thing. And now we're seeing Lox's program really come into effect. I mean, what is your, I guess, synopsis of Loxley so far? The job that he's done, uh, the recruiting that he's done. Are you happy with the first couple of years of his progress?
2: Uh yeah um I I think that the biggest thing for Loxley was he had to establish that culture and he had to like um really show how he wanted to uh portray Maryland football you know especially coming in fresh off of uh the Jordan McNair saga um, right. and having teammates you know there were a lot of teammates that you know stuck around stuck through um there were some players that um you know, they, you know, they wanted fresh, fresh change and they, they've seen so many coaches. So I think last fall, I definitely think that, you know, kind of going into fall camp, going into the season, different parts of the season. You know, there was some just some hiccups. And of course that, you know, stuff like that kind of happens throughout the country. But um, I would say that I think this off season was big. I would say that uh, real big and it's, made, it's helped with the culture and help Loxley form the culture, the identity of the program that he wants. And I think that's the biggest thing. Um, so I, I, I'm happy with it. I think that, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. And I think that what Loxley really needs to do now is just, uh, you know, build build up the, the, the team right now and make sure that he's establishing some more consistency on the coaching staff side. I think the fact that he's worked with Coach Enos before, the fact that he and Coach Brian Stewart um, have coexisted before, they know how to work with each other. I think that last year the them not all of them knowing and working with each other um, or knowing how to work with each other super, super well. Right. Um, I think that definitely played a role. So I, I think that the just the familiarity um, on both sides of the ball i think i think that's going to make a big difference um so i i, I am optimistic
0: that's awesome I am very
2: optimistic, and i am happy with what loxie has been putting together
0: that's great i mean ryan and i went up uh this past weekend to pick up our uh, cardboard cutouts for the studio finally got those signed by Lox, both of them which is awesome Uh, when we were up there we kind of took a tour over to the practice field just to see if they were out there and you speak of energy now we weren't there very long we walked by the
1: you know the practice fields for maybe like what five minutes or so yeah we weren't being super creepy we have to drive an hour to pick up a piece of cardboard i'm at (laughs) least take a walk on campus to feel like i did something so (laughs) we walked by and they happened to be playing i was like i was like I was like, Hey, Fred, don't ever question me whether we should go for a walk again. This is pretty sweet. <laughs> we're like media at practice now. Right. Uh, the guys seem to be pretty well, pretty excited. You know, we saw mostly the, the, the special teams players up close because they were on the field. We were walking by and just got to see them, you know, run. It happened to be the first day they were in pads. So that's kind of a cool day to walk yeah, by yeah, Springbowl yeah i mean it was it was exciting like i said everybody there seemed to have a good
0: energy about i'm not granted it's probably the first practice right so i mean they're everybody's hyped to get out everybody there wants to hit and so get warmed <laughs> up again exactly uh there's a lot of construction we notice going on around campus new dorms going up right by the stadium yeah. and all kinds of crap it's it's crazy
2: I, I always whenever i go to college park i lived in knoxbox my senior year uh the, the house is like right off campus like kind of um like if you're driving up corners or uh, going up to Cornerstone, you get like just cross the street and you walk up down that way. Like it's Chipotle on your left. Mm-hmm. So I used to live in a Knox Box for that in my senior year. That was the last year they had them, and ever since then I always drive by and just look at the spot. And now that we got some big ass high riser where they charge a dollars <laughs> a month for rent, and I'm like, that my Knox Box was four fifty a month, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's, it's College Park is like unrecognizable at this point. They,
1: there's always cost of construction, but I did I enjoyed the poeticness of were there collecting the remnants of what was a 2020 yeah. garbage season with cardboard people in the stands and it being the very first day of pads of the 2021 season i just really hope this is looking up that's that that the, yeah. the poetry that is not lost i hope this that we actually get this i
0: hope this is something we can look back on and laugh and just say you know this was a fucking crazy year yeah i mean you know?
1: and the, just the fact that they're talking about people at the spring game and, and i'm you know me and fred are still waiting on the on the final rules and regulations for spring game but there's been a lot of talk from people connected to the program that more and more people that didn't go to the spring games before are going to go this year because we did miss a whole fall and we, and everybody's itching if we can grow because of this, because more people show up to this spring game and go, why don't I go to all the spring games? That was kind of fun. Like that would be an amazing step forward for this program to have something that like, I mean the Ohio state, the Alabama spring games, those are all day affairs with 50,000 people it's like opening day for them yeah so why why can't we grow to a a simulation of that even if that means 15 to 20,000 fans
2: yeah yeah and you know what attendance at at spring games matters because usually in a normal year they're they're hosting recruits and that's really one of those first times before there's about six months until five months until the season it's really one of the first times they're able to really see fan experience so uh yeah I'll, I'll, i'll be honest uh the fact that Maryland did not have many fans in the years past did uh, negatively impact Maryland chances with recruits. So if you're hearing this and you care about Mike Loxley and you care about football recruiting, get your ass to the game.
0: 100%. So speaking of that, obviously the, the university did release some uh, some restrictions with certain programs. Uh, I know the lacrosse teams got some restrictions on tailgating and whatnot. Right. I mean, have you heard anything about the football program? Are there going to be any restrictions to the spring game or they have not talked about it yet?
2: There will, it sounds like there will be restrictions, but really sounds like they are moving forward with the plan that fans will be there, uh, for the spring game. So, uh, where so it's, I'm not specific to like this new, um, Um, restrictions and whatnot but uh yeah so so we'll see it sounds sounds like it's all being finalized we got a couple i think april 24th so it's all about three weeks or so
1: well depending on what the restrictions are i i would imagine the whole lower bowl will be open for social distancing so if if allowed i will be in section seven my boss we, man Fred here. <laughs> we yeah, so even we got to sit six feet apart. If, we will be there if allowed. Come <laughs> on down and visit. I'm For sure. vaccinated. My man over here is vaccinated. Yeah. We can talk six feet away with masks <laughs> on. I don't care. So we're, we're, just be there. Like you said, if you're hearing it from recruits that yeah. that spring game attendance did negatively affect their feeling on the program, well, why don't we fix that? You guys, you guys can't sit at home and whine about what who we did and didn't get if you're not helping out. So get down to the spring game.
0: Yeah. 100% agree with you so let, you you had brought up a good point you were talking about uh, you know at the spring game they always pick captains and you were kind of interested as to who might be the captains for this year's spring game
1: yeah so i mean spring games are done different ways in different places so because we only have one scholarship quarterback and then another one with like six minutes of playing time that looked pretty good looked all right do you think they're gonna go with the captains of the two quarterbacks, or do you think you're gonna see more of an offense versus defense, weird point scoring, where an interception's worth so much, all that craziness that they do? Ruben for the some, win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I pick, I pick Ruben, <laughs> or or Steele. Steele is a hell of a player yeah. too. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they definitely they could do uh, more of like that, like you said, like that simulation where they have like the two two teams and whatnot. But um, yeah, I guess actually, I'll, I kind of want to take a stab at who I think captains would be for the 2021 team. Uh, you said that.
0: Yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I see a guy like, like Nick Cross, Panaja Gote, obviously Talia. Um, Talia's would be the guy I think, even regardless, even if Maryland had more than one scholarship quarterback, I think I don't think I've heard anything negative about him, about his work ethic, about their, him as a player, as a as a teammate. Uh, it sounds like he really checks off all the boxes. But um, yeah, I think the format will definitely be. I don't know the what the specific format will, but it's going to be a more competitive scrimmage, and um, where where they're the ones are going against ones, twos are going against two, and they'll rotate, they'll fix, they'll they'll switch it around, things like that. Um, again, spring spring fat spring practice is all about you know play insulation all that stuff so um you know i don't know how much the ones will play i don't know how much dudes will play locks he's been open about guys like darrell lachami he they've been out um, um uh malik um malik jackson excuse me uh he he's not he's someone that's not out there right now um so so um, so we'll see again i think the competition is going to be sky high Uh, but it will be exciting i know that well
0: i want to get your opinion so ryan and i went to the spring game a couple years ago and we got our first glimpse and exposure to dante demas and he jumped off the map at the spring game and i said right away when i saw this kid i said he's gonna be good he's gonna be a real good physical size speed i mean he had it all right so
1: you said nfl
0: player yeah yeah i did um so there's been a lot that's 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 changed in the last two years with this team as a whole, both on the offensive side and the defensive side. The defensive side showed a lot, especially in the secondary, big improvements last year. Uh, you got a young, really good linebacker core coming in on the defense. Uh, and then on the offensive side of the ball, not just Dante Dimas, but you got a, a, a an amazing group of wide receivers. You got some unproven talent at running back. We all know what Talia showed in the you know in his play last year. If you had to pick one position group to be most excited to go to spring the spring game and see, what position group are you most excited for?
2: Is, is is it a cop out if I say wide receivers? Because am no. really excited to see the wide receivers. Right, not I a mean, cop out. At you just all. want to be impressed, is what you're saying. I mean, it's <laughs> not. It's uh, it's not even like people. When people ask me who I think the ones and twos are at wide receiver, it doesn't even matter. They can put any of like the eight or nine guys out there. I mean, Marcus Fleming is a new guy. Ty Felton, I've heard from several people on several different occasions at several different point of time before going into spring ball and during spring ball that he's a guy that's really stepped up cj dupree weston wolf obviously i know those those guys are tight ends but shout out to them because they're also going race. um but yeah i mean and again we have guys that are returning daryl jones is a guy that he's very productive and he was probably maryland's fifth fifth or fourth best uh wide receiver last year fifth, uh, option excuse me um got Deshaun sean jones daryl uh, dante Dimas. we just there's there's so many options and i think talia has done a really good job of, of of getting the chemistry down with those wide outs and the timing and Moxley said that you know really that's one of those things where you can take you know kind of build on uh right when you have to be in pads you can just get out there you get a little bit of field and you know just throw the ball around but you work on those routes so um I uh, am I'm I'm really excited for the wide receivers. I'm a little bit concerned about the running back, so I think if Maryland's if passing attack can really get up, uh, I think that'll that'll really help, but yeah, it's it's just such a deep room that, you know, it, on any given day, one of them can just ball out.
0: Yeah, I mean they, they I've never seen depth like this at, at the wide receiver position. It's ridiculous. I mean, you didn't even mention no. Nick De Like that's another kid. He got to see the field a little bit last year. He looked exciting in that little bit of a mop-up game that he played.
1: He's a tough uh, kid.
0: Yeah, of course
1: I I've either. Right, yeah,
0: Brian. Couch. Right, exactly. Yeah. And then our first uh, our first interview, Dino Tomlin, right? I mean, I, yeah, well, I don't Tomlin know how much still he's talking around say. There. Yeah, he is. Uh, but no, you, you mentioned Felton. Felton, I've heard nothing but good things, uh, especially from the speed perspective. And I think if there is one area of concern for me, it has been special teams, um, especially in the return game. We saw Isaiah Jacobs last year kind of have some fumble issues with some returns and whatnot. So a guy like Ty Felton, I don't know what he looks like as a, as a kick returner, but with that kind of speed and that kind of explosion, if he can field a kick, man, that would be exciting to have back there.
2: Yeah, and I'll, I'll say that Isaiah Jacobs was also battling a little bit of injuries last year, so I think okay. that that could help Maryland. I mean, we the Mar- they they got options. Rack Rack can definitely get out there, get back there. Tarheep Still, I think at one point was in the too deep there. Um, to me, the biggest the biggest concern, and I think that Ruben can do it, and I think Finagie Gote can do it, but it, it's definitely inside linebacker. I mean, you lose Ace, you lose Chance. Yeah, um, uh, those are huge holes and just from an experience standpoint I will add that uh, I don't know I've written this before that finaji gote has been getting and I've heard it from uh, some of his old teammates um, that you know he things really seem to click for him kind of going into fall camp last year yeah and he was kind only of that third guy in the rotation Maryland's been doing that for a couple years now where they have that third um, so I think he's he's gonna jump up into that top two or he's a starter um, and uh, I, I I think I think he can do it, and I think Ruben can do it. He's a heat-seeking missile, but they're going to have to overcome the the inexperience a little bit, and uh, I think if they can meet expectation, Maryland's defense can take that next step. Uh, I mean, the inside linebackers played a really big part and they, you know, kind of had to retool how they were playing to help with the defensive line, that front seven. So um, I think the defensive line is is going to take a step forward this year, especially when Chop, Demian Robinson eventually gets on campus. But to me, uh, I, I want to see that those two, uh, Fanage and Ruben, and then you get uh, uh, Brandon Jennings as that third inside linebacker. So. Uh, but, you know, again, uh, I think I think we, there's there's some some good pieces. And I think Raleigh Evans inside linebacker coach will get them ready. So we've got plenty of time.
0: And we talked about how good the, the defensive backs are. And if these guys are covering like they were at the end of the year last year, that's going to help a youthful linebacker core. Mm-hmm. You know, it gives them more time to make plays and get in there. So. I know Ryan, you had a, another question you wanted to ask.
1: Well, we talked about how deep the wide receiver room is and how thin the quarterback room is. Yeah. So we thought we had one more person to be throwing them the ball. Uh, we had the commitment of Udinski from VMI. Um, obviously, our ACL uh, issues have struck again, even before. We, we talked right when he committed, because it said that he was going to play a spring ball and then come into fall practice. I was like... I don't feel great about this. I don't like somebody playing playing before they get here. And uh, he goes four and zero, putting up crazy stats. Even has a draft grade, but loses an ACL in the process. So, uh, what, what do you think's happening there? Do you do you think he'll be back in time for fall ball? What do you what do you got for us?
2: Yeah, I mean the 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 expectation is that they they are moving forward with him being available and I don't know if it will be the start of fall ball just because he's still at BMI. I don't know if it will be at the start of fall ball or by the start of the season. Um, but yeah, uh, that they are planning that he is going to be healthy uh, and uh, for Maryland's disposal. Uh, and people have tweeted at me and hit me up asking if Maryland's taking another quarterback. The answer is no. Maryland's not taking another quarterback. They got Talia. They got Udinsky committed and just because George ACL ain't changing a thing. He's, he's staying in and, uh, he, that, that, that's it. So, so we shall see. He's a trooper though. So yeah. I think, uh, so yeah, a tough it's a break though.
0: It is a tough break. And it's just crazy to me that like, these guys are expected to come back in four to four and a half months now from an ACL yeah. injury. I was telling Ryan last week, I'm like an ACL injury was basically a death sentence for at least a year, just a few years ago. So the advancements that they've made in, in
1: rehab and, and everything with ACLs is, is
0: absolutely incredible. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. You, you talked about signing another player. You know, we got one open scholarship, and you just said we're not taking a quarterback. So, me and Fred have always been debating: is it a quarterback or is it an offensive lineman? So, are you, is it You're understanding they're looking for a grad transfer offensive lineman with that last spot.
2: That uh, I, I I I am operating under that mindset, um, and I there were definitely uh, there was an instance where they were pretty close to getting someone um, uh, or before prior to spring ball, uh, kind of fell through. Uh, once the name became public and every college in the country was calling them, um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's usually how it goes, right. But, uh, but yeah, I would say that offensive line would, would, would be that, that last position. Um, so we'll see. They, it's not a hundred percent set in stone, but like, that's kind of been the, the expectation for a couple of months now. So We shall see. Well, I know you're because I I think once after spring ball we'll see names hit the transfer portal across programs in other countries and you know get get a chance to sort it out then.
1: So we'll give you we'll give you one Mulligan if it's not an offensive lineman where does that scholarship go? (laughs)
2: Linebacker,
1: linebacker. That's where I was thinking. Okay.
2: Makes sense. And now, now that Terrence Lewis's news is public, I can say that a little bit more confidently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that makes
0: <laughs> sense too. Well, your specialty obviously is, is recruiting and talking to some of these uh, these potential guys for the 2022-2023 the class. Uh, who's out there, man? Who are some potential future turp prospects that fans should be looking forward to or should be reading up one, going to your site and checking out?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, St. Francis, five-star and top linebacker, Jason Barham is... Uh, is an elite talent, an in state talent, he used to play at the Math now at St. Francis. He is undoubtedly top of the target, game, name to know. Uh, wide receiver Shalik Knotts, he is out uh, of Monroe High School down in North Carolina. He's a name. Uh, we have got, let's see, we got seven names locked in for official visits starting uh, June 4th. Uh, we got a, a pretty big offensive tackle that's coming on, coming to campus uh, Easter weekend, Travis Gray. Nice. Uh, he's a tackle out of Colorado. So, um, yeah, you know, uh, wide receiver and uh, that back the defensive uh, the back line is are going to be the two biggest priorities for maryland this year um so
1: it's crazy to me that wide receiver can be a priority but i know they got to graduate eventually <laughs> yeah
2: exactly i mean you just you just have so many guys that are seniors and juniors so at this point you're you're kind of in that spot where you you're, you're you got to replenish that talent, um, but yeah, definitely. Um, and like I said, Aiden Galsby, I, I reported that he locked in his official visit for uh, for June 18th. He's been someone that consistently mentioned uh, for a couple months now. Uh, he's coming up June 18th, like I said. Um, and Sam Mbaki, uh, he is a four-star wide receiver, and I have a pretty interesting update about how the interest with Maryland started again. So I think uh, I think nice. if you're pretty interested to see just just how strong Maryland is on the trail right now uh this will be a pretty good interview to, to show exactly how
1: so so you are talking to lots of players over lots of years especially past years and how you've seen it end up you already talked a little bit about how the spring game attendance was a factor what are the other things fans can do or is there any control for the fans to to help the program grow in small ways what is, is it is it the attention is it the twitter is it what is it
2: I definitely wouldn't say tweeting at recruits. Yeah, that, Don't you know. tweet at recruits. Yeah. Never. Um, Don't be right here. It's it's really just supporting them at the games. You know, that, that stuff has mattered for years. I believe it was Deshaun Jones, actually, who mentioned it. I think he, if I'm not mistaken, he came up couple of years ago for his Maryland official um for to you know, get to Michigan he noted if it wasn't Deshaun Jones it was another prominent target for Maryland but I believe it was Deshaun, um and he noted that it was midway through the third and they were playing Michigan it was three four touchdown game and the student section was empty you know they only have 48 hours on campus and when you see that for three of them that yeah. that, that kind of resonates you know um yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah Maryland needs to do something to fix that, man. I've been here for there for so long, and it's gotten worse and worse over years. And it's not always football game related. I I know there's ways that they can manipulate this. I know they have. I know they've offered the scholarships in the fourth quarter. But turt points has always been a thing because basketball is, is God. They earn Terp points by showing up. So why can't they figure out a way to give you turt points for showing up at, before kickoff and then some in the first quarter, some in the second quarter, and then huge numbers in the third and fourth quarter. Keep these people there. Like, just use a tiered system, Marilyn. It's not hard. Have them check in and check out.
2: <laughs> yeah, I I, I agree. Um, I think there's a, there could be some tactics that Marilyn uses, but just kind of for my four years and, you know, just kind of hearing from some students that are there, it's just—it's kind of going to have to kind of take a, like a culture shift for students to realize that going to these games or could be fun if all of them go if they all decide, hey, let's tailgate and then go to the game instead of tailgate in our backyards and then go sleep. It makes no sense. <laughs> right. I'm looking at all you Greek life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, thank you. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so stupid. Why would you wake up at six a.m. for a noon game and then be asleep at eleven forty-five? Yeah. Telling me that if you got you and fifty of your friends, y'all you got drunk and you went to a game that you that is literally free. Right. That you wouldn't have fun there. Yeah, no, so I think that's the biggest thing I think I think uh if, if and I don't think we see that as much on basketball but I will say I was a student and I had trouble there were some of those weekday games where it was finals week and i I didn't miss it I didn't want to study so I would I would go to the games and I would have uh, difficulty finding people uh, because it wasn't those big games Sad. Um, and I went I went to Maryland when it was the, the four years where we didn't make the tournament I was there for Jerry's last year and then the first three years under turge so um you definitely I think I think it's just just going to take some time with a cultural shift, but I think a lot of the energy needs to be spent on um, just tell, getting getting through to to the Maryland students, um, and uh, yeah, and then also you know it's my generation. I think there's a lot of people that aren't they recent Maryland grads are like you know what I just got out of school and they don't they don't uh, they're not they're not looking to give back right now. So think think that's that's that where the focus needs to be. Yeah. Well, you hear it first, man. Get out there
0: and support your team. You want to see things change. You want to see this program develop and grow. Get out there and show your support. Be there. Be a part of it. Uh, You know, we try to do what we can. We're there every week. You know, we're through the good and the bad but you still have fun. We're still there to support our teams.
1: Yeah, I've always I've always said you got to take your lumps if you're going to if you're yeah. going to give it out, man. Like I've we've we've been there years where you get to wave by and tell all the teams where you got to go home. It's going to be a long drive. So, if that's the case, when you're losing, you got to sit there and listen to the trash talk, too. That's right. always been my thing. We we don't we don't leave until there's no time on the clock. Like the only time that ever ever changed was when we when we had two people get too drunk and we had to carry them out of the out of the room and literally but, carry them carry out. them <laughs> yeah. but other than that we were been there till whistle after whistle with the penn state shellacking that we oh. took fred was looking at me going man i don't i don't know if we need to sit through this one and i'm like <laughs> we are shambles we, we sit in this stadium
2: yeah uh, that yeah no, that, was, that was a tough game but yeah no i i, I completely see that so it's uh It is tough and it's going to take time. But again, the the energy needs to to be focused on Greek life's um, a really
1: good point, though. I hope they do a really good job focusing and try and give them incentives, try to explain like you want to be leaders, lead this shift in momentum, because this is where the school is going to grow. This is where we're going to get money from. The Big Ten Mm -hmm. is a football conference, no matter what you want to say about the basketball teams. So please help us grow into that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I know Maryland's kind of adjusted where they, I think if they try and hustle is pretty much all of their tailgates is close to or in lot one, I think they moved a lot of those Greek life uh, frats behind there. But uh, yeah, again, it just, it's got to, the, the energy has got to go And it's 1145 or uh, three, three o'clock, you just walk towards a stadium instead of uh set of route one. So um, uh, I think, I think I think if Loxley continues on this trajectory though, I think it's going to really help. So we, we, we shall see.
0: Ahmed. This has been a hell of a lot of fun, man. Can't thank you enough for wanting to do this with us, taking the time to do this with us. Ryan and I are both super excited about where this show is going to go from here and working with you in the future, man. This is a lot of fun.
2: Uh, I'm excited as well. I'm I'm excited that like, like I said at the beginning, you know, we, we get to engage in discussion. We, we're all, you know, we, we all just want, the, the best for Maryland and, and to push it forward. So we, um, you know, I, I'm excited. We put together a great show and it, definitely the first of many.
0: Right. Well, you fans out there, uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed this first episode. If you've got any questions uh, for us or for Ahmed, make sure you send us an email at shell at gmail.com. You can hit us up on our Facebook, our Twitter. Uh, you can hit us up at, sh- at shell and tell pod. You can follow Ryan at Terps, B follow me at Fred, B L B S. Tell all the fans, Ahmed, where they can follow you on Twitter. And again, give that website a
2: plug. You can follow me on Twitter at Gafir the Turtle. And you can follow inside the black and gold at inside black gold. And you can head to Com for all your latest Maryland news and rumblings. Ryan, sign us off.
1: All right, guys, well, it's been one hell of a rough year, but we're starting off on a good foot for spring game. I'm hoping we can get back in that stadium to Section 7 and back on the road, maybe plus one for our Big Ten tour. So until next time, guys, here's to wishing all is well under the show.